Have you ever wanted to play in a campaign similar to the Knocked Prone Dead season where you are in a realm filled with spirits? If yes, then I have the perfect product for you. Explore the realm beyond the veil with the Book of Spirits, an ethereal 5e supplement on Kickstarter now. This supplement is inspired by legendary titles like Dragon Age and Stormlight Archive. The Book of Spirits is a source book that expands your world with a new realm of magic. With over 50 spirit creatures, 7 brand new subclasses, an entirely new class, and tons of encounters and resources for you to run a game in the spirit realm. Follow the link in the episode description where you can find this 200 plus page book with illustrated encounter maps, incredibly detailed miniatures, and an entire original soundtrack to immerse your players in this mystical adventure. Back the Book of Spirits today on Kickstarter. And welcome to Knocked Prone, a podcast of high crits, small fits, and varying wits. My name is Cade, and I am the host and game master of this Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition adventure. And I am joined here by the players Mason playing Lakir, Brooklyn playing Litzy, Danny playing Tess, Caden playing Blink. Awesome. Okay. So as we last adventured, Blink, would you like to give us a short rundown of what happened last episode started off uh kind of investigating that uh bunny rat situation we had we ended up getting a new quest almost to um help out all of the auras and go kind of talk about what what needs to be done with them there was a few missions that we were we've kind of figured out and we've now regrouped and uh are gonna figure out which one to do to do next Perfect. Awesome. You all were heading towards the healer's hive. The healer's hive. Thank you. So you approach the healer's hive. Tess, you are quite familiar with the healer's hive. Uh, It's like a pyramid structure made entirely of honeycomb, and there's bees bustling around it, and it has golden honey that and hums of the bees, and the honey's just spilling out of the sides of it because they're overproducing. And there are lots of beekeepers and healers on the inside. So there's this whole cinematic scene of me like slow walking towards it and like a bee comes over and I like put out my finger and it lands. I like push it off, it flies away and I walk over to the door. How does that play out in real life? So a bee (laughs) comes over and flies in your finger and you like, like kind of like whisk it away, but your hand motion was a little too much and like a coat of bees comes over (laughs) and and just like they don't sting you it's almost like intimidating that they're like we could mess you up and then they fly away back into there because they're pretty docile bees they don't want to die yeah because bees do that when they sting so in your mind it's probably like oh they love me (laughs) so as they form the cloak around you i'll say i'll lean to her and say Fun fact, bees typically smother their prey to death 
And, okay. like, and then continue watching. <laughs> Slowly well, turn back to ten. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm convinced, I just impressed everybody with my intimate like B relations. Yeah, I'll like go up and I'll, I'll knock on the door. Yeah, Hive Mother Holly actually opens the door. She's wearing an entire beekeeper suit. Swings open the door and is like, Ah, Tess, come on in. And like goes back to busily working on like tending to the bees when. A robot comes over and is like, may I assist you? And she's like, no, 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 go away, go away. And then she like runs over to, uh, as the robot comes over to her, she runs over to an elderly person and like tries to like help them out a little bit. But then another robot approaches and is like, may I assist you? She gives out a great huff and walks back towards the four of you and she sighs and turns to see you her auburn brown hair bounces with life and she has icy elven eyes that look hollow and depressed and she puts on this fake smile again as she looks over at you tess and uh smiles and elates master tess and what do i owe this fine pleasure of your company today you can tell like her voice kind of cracks as she's holding back like tears i'll just go hug her (laughs) go give her like a quick hug and then i'll like back up big we're the gray aura oh and we're supposed to help you guys in any way we can did you know tess that bees typically swarm the or smother their prey because <laughs> if they sting they right, die, they die. so instead that. they cover whatever they're trying to kill and then they start vibrating at intense speeds and the heat and friction that it creates literally cooks the prey from the inside you hug her Tess she like she like starts she puts her beekeeper helmet back on and like you can hear like little whimpers on the inside and she starts telling you like these artificers they're making too many robots these heel bots seemed like a wonder when they first were invented and I was for them and the clerics were all for them but the overproduction of these heel bots have made well as you know Cleric's obsolete, but now these healbots seem to know how to tend bees. I don't know what to do. I don't want to lose our funding. You know that this is why we built this bee sanctuary in place of our burnt-down church to tend to the elderly as well as to produce honey. And I miss my life as full-blown medical and clerical work but I would like, well, there's rumor of a new and improved Heelbot coming into production. And, well, I don't want that to come to fruition. I, I hired a, a dwarven homeless man named Takin to pick up a stolen blueprint, but it's all for the good of the hive. I'm standing, not so. I mean, like I'm, I'm a little disconnected from the group, just, just, just slightly. But I am, um, emotionlessly, like emotionlessly, smiling, (laughs) 
Um, and and definitely keeping my mouth shut. Well, I would love for you to go and... Well, Takin is being quite uh, aloof with the blueprints. He seems to have taken them and he's now demanding quite the higher price than we initially agreed upon for these blueprints. And, well, I don't really know what to do other than... Well, if you could bring them to us with, without the ar- ar- artificers knowing of our plots and whereabouts. That's a lot of information. Um, question, what do you want us to do? We also have no funding and nothing to ransom your plans. Well, I believe that Takin could be swayed if, well, he, he has some thought that he is clever. And if someone were to outsmart him, I believe that he might give out the blueprints free of charge. Interesting. Well, um, we'll have to peruse this over as a group. Personally, um, I was just here. I have an experiment that I am attempting to do, um, and I was wondering if you perchance had a spare or even 40 healing potion that you would allow me to either buy or take off your hands? She looks to her left and looks to her right as at the healing bots as a few of them are like standing idly not activated and she like gestures for you to move closer to her and she's like I've hidden some healing in the honey. Don't tell the robots. Alright. It's over there. And she points to, like, the largest pile of um, of honey that has amassed, like, it's just absolutely dripping out of this one part of the hive. And um, in it, you can tell that there's been, like, some experimentation that it seems, if bottled, it would make for a decent makeshift healing potion. Okay. Um... I will... Can I just take one, or can I take, like, two or three? Uh, do you have any bottles to bottle it? Good question. I... Probably... Probably not. Um... Does she... <laughs> she, she... I hate to bother <laughs> you. Uh, do you have any extra bottles that I could use? I could bring them back, of course. A robot. Uh, as he's... Uh, as he hears that you need help, like, activates and walks over and is like... I can be of assistance and like brings over a like small bottle and she just like and puts her head like between her hands as this robot helps you with something that she would have gladly done for you but he hands you like a a bottle and a stopper of like a health potion I'll say thank you and almost in spite of her turn to look at her and say how helpful and then go and (laughs) take a little bit of that and stopper it um, and then go back to her and just like I'll give her like two gold and and be just like I appreciate it Um, as for your she immediately pockets the money like not gonna waste any time being like actually I I do believe that um, the the mission quest task that you have provided us um, will be up to my compatriots um but we can return if and when we complete this task. Well, um, I, I hope to see you soon. 
Yeah. She nods like her her elven hair that is so long like as she nods it peeks through um, the bottom of the beekeeper suit that isn't necessarily fabulously made but she nods at you and gestures for you like to leave or if you need anything else she if you need anything else and she like gestures I'm already the right door. at the door I've been like backing up like this whole time <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm like already standing by the door and scurry out <laughs> I, I'll say well my business is done I will leave you with my friends until they will be back later as soon as we get out and the door is closed I'm just gonna <laughs> well what a choice that we have here I'm not laughing <laughs> so uh, what are we going to do uh Make the old man crispy and return the plans to dearest father or mother figure. <clears throat> Let me tell you at least a little secret. Um, I don't care about killing people as much as just uh, the enjoyment that I get from blowing things up. Explosions are um, sort of my hobby, if you say. So I, I don't really want to kill the man. I wouldn't even say I really ever had the intention of really killing him. I just have a hankering for some explosives. So we're going to cause an explosion near the homeless man. I would like that very much. Okay. Thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> so I bet if we helped the groups in ways they didn't ask for, they might still sign it. So what if we got the blueprints and brought them to the artificers? And I'm going to try to think of a different way we can help. I have an idea about that, actually. Good. So I do not. We're supposed to be helping um, kind of combine these auras or not necessarily combined but make them friends right mm -hmm. as far as zitzi's father knows um we don't know who took the blueprints so if we were to receive those blueprints and he doesn't know uh, he doesn't know hive mother holly uh was the one that sent out to get the the blueprints so in the case that we receive these blueprints we can take them to her and convince her to take them to the artificers. They might be inclined to uh, get rid of some of the heel bots that are um, bugging her in her shop and messing with her, her honey and um, kind of taking her business in return. So um, kind of one of those... Uh, a good deed sparks another type thing, but that's banking on the artificers actually thinking yes, the same way. That is something to consider, and uh, no offense, of course, but um, I do believe that part of the situation and the whole reason that the clerics are in a hive in the first place is because some of Litzy's family was a little explosive crazy around their old home. So I don't know about their keenness to rebuild those bridges. But it's worth a shot. And at the very least, we can always... Well, I mean, I know you have personal connections and I don't want to ruin those, but 
as I said earlier, blackmail is always an option, and we can maybe persuade um, Hive Master Holly to uh, sign our good deeds while also not giving her the blueprints. In that case, we can say that our good deed was preventing a crime from being committed. Sounds like a pretty good plan to me. I don't think I can think of anything better. How about you, Tess? Yeah, um, I guess we should get the blueprints first and then figure out how to handle it. Fair enough to me. Let's go roast a dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) You see an old, uh, the the old dwarvish man is kind of just running skiwampus around town. But um, as you, as he sees the four of you, um, seemingly approaching him, I assume, he will run towards uh, the city fountain and dive into the water. Interesting behavior. Nice form. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. <laughs> is he just, if I look down in, is he just swimming around inside? So if you look down in, he dove into the center and he sw- swam quite agilely, um, mind you, that he swam like towards the center of the fountain and then seemingly defying gravity um, swims up the middle pillar of the fountain and is sitting on top of this say 10 foot fountain. Well, any ideas? I'm gonna wave at him. He, he, uh, he puts his puts his hands towards his head as he sees you, like, towards both temples, and he, like, focusing really hard, and his face starts to turn purple as he sees you waving. Does he look injured at all? Injured? Just a little, little, uh, lost a few marbles along his path in life. I have an idea. Though I've never been much of an accomplished actor, so I don't know how it will work. Just play along, and I'll go and um, basically very out loud, and yeah, I'll I'll say this out as loud as I can, and just like, oh, what is that? And I'll like point into the fountain, um, and I'll like start moving towards it, and says. It seems that this dwarf man has dropped something on his way up the fountain. And I'll like reach down into the water and I'm going to cast Minor Illusion to make it look like what I assume to be the blueprints would look like. Uh, basically, like hold it up and say, Good sir, did you need this? And yeah. Roll me a deception check with advantage. Okay. My deception is terrible. Uh, <laughs> both the same. Five. <laughs> so he he like reaches into his reaches into his pockets, and he's like, "I did not leave any blueprints laying around. I know exactly where they are." Uh, how about that? Can we talk to you? Uh, we're talking now. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, I meant without so much shouting. Trying to get me blueprints away. No, my friend Tim here doesn't like shouting. I'll point at the grasshopper. Well, I don't care about your wee friend. I care about what's rightfully mine. 
the coin that was promised me. I'm just crying, so <laughs> holding my grasshopper. <laughs> is he uh, like in the water? Yes. So he's on top of like a like a pillar, and it's like spurting water all around him, and it's kind of like, uh, you know how like when you like plug a hose with your thumb, mm-hmm. and it like starts shooting in different directions. It's kind of like highly pressurized shooting in different directions. Okay, so the water around the fountain obviously leads to him, mm-hmm. right? And it's like a it's like a thirty foot wide fountain. Thirty, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there? A, can I see a spot where the water is traveling up to where he is? So is he sitting in the water? Yeah, so he's sitting on top of these, uh, on top of the main pillar, and he's just kind of like on top of it. So, um, so I, I'm trying to look for a spot where the water is actually getting sucked up to to that um, fountain. Part. Yeah. So, uh, you want me to roll a perception to see if I can find it or investigation? Investigation. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. My negative one investigation. Oh, is that why you're like perception? <laughs> <laughs> you could do perception. That's fine. Thirteen. Okay. So a thirteen. Uh, you see, like the water kind of looks like it's bubbling, but it's not necessarily bubble. It's like rippling in this one specific area. Okay. That seems to have like holes in the ground, but it is, it is about five feet into the uh, fountain. Okay. So um, I'm gonna walk over there. I'm gonna stick my head in the water, right where those uh, are going. And I'm just gonna let out the biggest breath of fire to try to just heat this water up and cook him off of the top of that thing, but without necessarily trying to hurt him, right. just making it as uncomfortable, uncomfortably hot as I possibly can for him up there. All right, just awesome. Ends up just fires. Crispy. He's just dead. Like. And then the Fire Nation attacks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, do uh, will, would you roll an attack? Um, or? Technically, my breath weapon has a, a dexterity save. Oh, he super fails. Your breath weapon, like your fi- the flames come out, shoot out of your mouth, and it hits the water and it's actually hot enough that it starts to vaporize the water and turn it into steam but as it's getting sucked down uh, this steam like billows at the top of the fountain where uh, Tacken is sitting and it starts to like cloud and you can see invisible walls that you weren't able to see before but as this steam starts to rise uh Tacken like runs around this invisible room, like clearly being cooked. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna notice he's being cooked, and I'm gonna stop because <laughs> I don't want to like, kill like, this guy. Help, help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's running around in a circle above above so, the air. So. so he's in in like an invisible room in this. Okay. So I'm gonna go over and just like great idea and start casting firebolt into the the thing as well (laughs) yeah so like the steam continues to rise and like it starts to become like really fogged on the outside he keeps running around i'm gonna look up big sorry they get mad when they have to shout (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you think you could come down? Please, just okay. Just stop, stop the, stop the fireworks. Okay, we we won't have to shout anymore. Okay, and he down. breaks concentration on his uh, force field. Oh room goodness! Thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it dissipates, and the steam all starts rising. Uh, assuming that you stop. Um, Yes, firebolt. Yes. Okay. No, as soon as the rune is gone, I'm just gonna turn to him. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he like lets the fire dissip or the steam dissipate and uh, water starts spurting up at him again, and he's like, "All right, um, I'll come down, but ah, give me a moment." And he like slips through this hole in the ground and exits where uh, where the grate was sucking water from. And like hoists himself up onto the edge of the uh, fountain, and is like, "I'll give you your your blueprint, but first, do you have me payment?" Uh, we weren't necessarily made aware of a payment. We were just given your description. What were you promised? Perhaps we have it. Oh, um. Oh, so you you don't know what the blueprints are then? Oh, we, we we know what they are. We just don't know what they promised you for. Oh, oh. all right. Well, uh, you know what? You take it free of charge. And he hands you, uh, he hands you guys a stack of papers. And if you'd each like to roll me an insight check. Natural 20! Nice. Oh, nice. I swear this was a 19 before I, I saw it. No, I, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's a good one. And then I like looked up and it was a natural one after I rolled oh. it. Oh, look at it! Mine's like 22 with a plus okay. 3 on my inside. Jeez Louise. Nine. Nine. 18. 18. So, let's see. You look at these papers and you're like, gosh, what fine craftsmanship. Like, this... <laughs> Those artificers have done it again. They're so great. And the three of you, the rest of you, look at these papers and you just see they're like, they're basically like paste and like, like random ink blots that don't even look like they make up any type of machinery. Um, and it's obvious that this doesn't seem like necessarily something of value. So are we sure that this is actually the book? Bl- the- blueprints at all uh, yeah i'll kind of go and as soon as i see a little like see the kind of stuff that's there i'm going to well i mean who does he hand it to oh he just like sets it down kind of okay yeah as soon as i can like identify that he's that something seems to be up um i will i guess i'll try to grab him it's not really what i'm good at um, but I'll basically just grab the front of his shirt. I'll say, stop jerking us around and tell us where the blueprints are. We're not interested in your arts and crafts project. And as I hear him say that, I'm going to also walk over and grab him out of Lakir's hands and oh, thank lift God. him up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lift him up and just kind of like snarl my my teeth and let like smoke kind of trickle out of my mouth a little bit. Did he take any damage from the steam? Yes. Okay. At this point, I'm going to be like, good cop, bad cop. 
and I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on him. No, yeah, so he'll gladly, like, the burns and abrasions on his skin kind of fade a little bit as, like, he is healed from your Cure Wounds. He looks to be back to his his crazy, disheveled self. I beg, we, we really don't want to hurt you, but we need help. And then I'll sit back and, like, hand it back over to mm-hmm. you. Because I assume you're still like holding mm-hmm. him up. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely like uh, attempting to intimidate this guy. You can roll me an intimidation if you like. Okay. With advantage, too, sir. Okay. Twenty-one. Okay. He like. Uh, all right. Um. I. I. Usually, I wouldn't just give it up of free will, but. Um. You've proven to be quite clever, the bunch of you. Uh, if you can answer me this one riddle, I'll tell you where I hid it. Unless you're not clever enough. And he, like, winces at you, Blink, as you still have him, like, <laughs> in his arms. Or in your arms. Anyway. As, as soon as he says, unless you're not clever enough, I'll be just like, of course we're clever enough. What do you even take us for? How dare you insinuate otherwise? What's the riddle? <laughs> <laughs> I'll set him down at this point. But just kind of, like, being like standing right next to him kind of like hulking over him just keeping an eye on him yeah he's like he kind of cowers his shoulder over towards you and he uh towards you blink as you like are standing guard and he doesn't look like he's moving anywhere but he says um right right the riddle um and he like holds his hands to the side of his temples again and his face goes purple again as he's like thinking really really hard and he's like And he holds his finger up as he's seemingly got the riddle. And he says, Some live in me. Some live on. And some shave me to stride upon. I rarely leave my native land. Until my death, I always stand. High and low, I might be found. But fear the omen... If I'm a lion on the ground, what am I? Okay, so some people live in me, others live on, some people shave me to be walked upon. Mm -hmm. What was the second stanza? I rarely leave me native land, until me death I always stand, high and low I may be found. But fear the omen if I'm laying on the ground. How many guesses do we get at this? Grass really struggles to spread, and so I could see that, but it's not really like native land, but you could kind of make that stretch. I was kind of thinking maybe a tree, but it only like qualifies for like half of those. Yeah. Shave me to be walked upon? Like maybe like floorboards? Yeah, like strip the bark. Strip oh, the I can kind of see that. I think it might be a tree. Uh, he like winces as you as you say it, and he's like, ah, "I did not think the dragonborn would get it so fast." Um, tree, right? Uh, there's not many here in Great Crumbab. I, I guess you've been amongst the trees your your whole life, been down on the, the ground. I, uh, what's it like out there? It's very wild. Y- you're quite smart for for somebody who uh, who didn't. Well, I, I, 
he's very frightened. You can tell he's mm-hmm. like at a loss for words because he does not know what to do right now. And he's so like, when he starts stuttering and like some some say he doesn't miss a blink. And then my face <laughs> like turns all red, and I like kind of just like turn away. <laughs> so Tacken is like, well, uh, a deal is a deal, I assume. Uh, he kicks backwards, and his heel hits the fountain, and a little, a little like hidey hole pops open, and out rolls a um, roll of scroll of parchment, and um, yeah, it lays at all of the four of your feet. As soon as like, like, because Lahir would probably have been stumped for a little bit. So as soon as he like says the correct answer, I would have started fuming, and I will be over in, like, I will be next to the fountain, pacing back and forth, and you see me with one of my books open, like scribbling furiously with an angry look on my face. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna release my grip on this guy and just kind of like brush his shoulders off and fix his jacket and just kind of <laughs> give him a smile and push him on his way. He like looks at you as you push him on and like runs and there's a great like mushroom in the middle of town that's like the town's clock tower and he starts like climbing it agilely like <laughs> is it's a quite the sight to be seen this this old man. Anyway, but yes, you now have the scroll. And with that, I think that's where we're going to end for tonight's session. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. My name is Cade, and I am the host and game master of this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure. And I am joined here by the players to my left. Mason playing Luck here. Brooklyn playing Litzy. Danny playing Tess. Caden playing Blink. Awesome. And remember, when life knocks you flat on your back, all you got to do is keep rolling. Oh, and if you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a podcast review. But if you can't give us a podcast review, go ahead and refer us to a friend. And be sure to be following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Knocked Prone. Until next time, we hope you have a great rest of your day.